You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 178, and today, we're still talking about how to raise healthy eaters and get them back in the kitchen. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Today, we're sticking with the theme of how to raise healthy eaters. Last week on the podcast, on episode number 176, I dove into this. I gave you so many tips, but really, it just boils down to one simple thing, and I'm just going to do the spoiler alert. Our kids are only as healthy as we are. Like we cannot expect our kids to do something that we are not doing. And so I think the most important thing is to take care of yourself, to be healthy yourself. And if you do nothing else, your kids are gonna notice that. They're gonna take notice and do something with that. That is what our kids do best, is mimic other people. And I hope that if you're living in health, they too will mimic you. So give them the space and teach them. But today on the show, we have Kieran Dodaja-Smith on the show, and she is from easyrealfood.com, where she helps parents to teach them this very subject, uh, how to raise healthy eaters, how to get kids back in the kitchen. And today I'm going to be asking her questions about how this transition went for her because she hasn't always been in the real food space. And so I'm going to ask her questions about the transition from maybe more of a processed, typical Western diet into more of this real food space and how she transitioned her family into that, some of the hurdles she goes through, and what are the best place to start in raising healthy kids. So Kieran's going to come on the show. She's going to share all of her knowledge. Make sure you also go learn more about her at easyrealfood.com. And don't forget to go back to episode number 176, where I break down all of my tips on raising healthy eaters. Also, all the information from today's show can be found in the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 177. Over there, I'm going to share a few of my favorite recipes that my kids are loving a few of my kids' favorite recipes, and how I kind of focus mealtime around creating meals that they can layer together. So head on over to the show notes to get my favorite meals for kids, as well as some lunchbox ideas and other helpful hints that you can find in the show notes. Also, while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list where we dive more into this subject. I'm going to be sharing a few of my favorite things to help kids eat healthier foods. And... Of course, I just share my health journey. Everything and anything that my life comes in contact with, I share there. So make sure you head on over there. Sign up for that email list. I would love to have you be part of the community. If you're loving Simple Roots Radio, would you mind sharing it with your friends and family? This is the best way to encourage other people to join us on this health journey because it really is going to take a community of like-minded people that you are a part of. And I would love for your friends and family to be here too. So how do you do this? Tell them about it when you're out and about with them or take a screenshot of Simperous Radio from one of your favorite episodes and drop it on social media, either on Instagram or Facebook, and let them know about Simperous Radio and what we're doing here. I would love it so much, and I'm so honored that you are here and you're a part of it. Thank you in advance for doing that for me. But for now, that's all I have for you. Let's get back to the show with Kieran. Welcome to the show, Kieran. You're a longtime internet friend that I've known for long years, probably longer than I probably realize. But I'm so glad you're here to talk about a subject that I'm so passionate about. And it's actually one that I've not really talked about here in Simple Roots Radio. And that's raising healthy eaters and this idea of how do we feed our families 
and our, you know, our kids well and train them in this whole idea of just living a realistic and yet nourishing life. So thanks for being on and willing to talk about this with me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, so raising healthy eaters and like this transition to real food. I feel like so many people are in this nutrition space and they just want it so bad. But it's also so confusing that most people have a hard time just coming to grasp in terms with how can I even feed myself well, let alone my entire family. So what's your background with making real food practical in your life and for your kids? Like, what's your story here? Because I know that you've kind of transitioned and and really developed a passion for this yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, thank you again for having me. Um, and I agree 100%. I know it's it's so confusing. And I feel like no matter where you are, if you feel like you're, you know, you've been just studying and researching this for a long time, or if you're just new to it, and you're just interested in trying to eat healthily, it's so confusing it can be overwhelming and a lot of people just get frustrated and end up throwing in the towel. So um, my personal story began actually back when I was in high school. I just, for some reason, I started paying attention to what I was eating and, you know, was trying to be a little more active. I was active growing up and then all of a sudden those sports were ending. So I was trying to do that on my own. I'm going to date myself, but I was reading magazines like fitness and shape and self and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, just trying to really educate myself, started grocery shopping and making foods. But my definition of healthy has changed so much from then and over the years. And I feel like it's always changing. And I've come to a point where I realized that we're on this journey, right? Like some of us are just Mm -hmm. beginning, some of us are in the middle. And, you know, some you know, probably like you and me feel like we're pretty far down the road and yet it's, it's a journey. So I don't know like if if it actually ends, like we just kind of keep going and learning and and doing what we can. So, um, but I mentioned that my definition of healthy change and that's kind of a long story with like food intolerances and all that. So just keeping it at a high level, um, I really changed to where I am right now about seven years ago. Mm So my eldest is 15. I have four kids. My eldest is 15. So obviously, like I had had some kids at that time and was just trying to do the best that I can, you know, as a mom. But seven years ago, I really started paying attention to ingredients that were in foods like reading labels and what realizing what foods I was buying and making and started trying to make more at home. Um, I was kind of thinking that I was making foods and maybe I was actually just opening boxes yeah. and, and that kind of stuff, you know, um, and I really started to incorporate those changes. But the thing with kids is like, in, in I'm sure as a mom, you will agree, in so many aspects, you have to be flexible. Right. So, you know, I've, I've struggled with this very lightly over the years and I now have two teenagers and I try to keep that same mentality that okay, let's give us, give them the foundation, give them the education, and they're going to do with it what they want to. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we can do our best to try to set them up for success and they need to take it from there. So, I mean, I I guess to get back to your question, like find where you are on your journey, wherever it is, and just try to stick with it. It can be overwhelming. Take it in little doses and, and just keep pursuing, you know, even, even the small changes really add up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it's just, it's, I think sometimes in our world, it seems like we have to be the best. Like we have to do everything right now. And I feel like I look around and I I see so many people who are desperately wanting to raise their kids in a healthy environment, 
but it becomes such an overwhelming and unrealistic and impractical thing for most people to start out at the level of whoever's teaching that, right? And so I like how you said, like, it's just these, it's just a slow change of just maybe coming to some awareness or, or what were the steps that you took? Like, how did you feel this transition happened over the last seven years? And do you feel like you've arrived? Oh gosh, you know, as far as arriving, I I do really feel like it's just this journey. So um, seven years ago, I actually started working with a food blogger and um, another food blogger. And, you know, her mentality is really just all about real food. And that was kind of a new and up and coming topic. For me, at least at that time, I know it's it's really out there now and we have such a better understanding of that, but really like just getting down to the bare bones of again, like back to the basics of what, you know, when, what ingredients are in there? Like, would your grandmother make this? You know, what, what are these strange ingredients that are in there? And so I started paying attention to that. And that's really been such a big shift. I mean, again, like, I feel like going back to those high school days of, you know, back then it was like fat free stuff. And then it was like, you know, all carbs. And, you know, there've been so many different fads and I jumped onto all of them, Mm. but it really was that shift that I made seven years ago of just like, let's get rid of all these rules. There shouldn't be rules. Like, let's just try to keep it as basic as we can. Let's make sure we recognize what the ingredients are. Let's try to pay attention to where they're coming from and just try to eat as many of those foods as you can, like not eating the the foreign stuff and the chemicals and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's really kind of freeing mm-hmm. when it's that simple and it, it should be that simple. Um, so, you know, am I going to stick to this completely? I would like to think so. I don't think it can get any easier than that. I mean, I, I do think, again, like new fads are always coming and going and a lot of them have some some good um, factors to them, but you know this this is as easy as I'm finding it to be. So um, I don't know again about that whole arriving thing. It's it's that journey. So right. I guess that remains to be seen. Right, right. And I and I think that there's encouragement there too that it's constantly a journey and nutrition is always evolving, right? Like there's always some new idea or some new trend. But really, like you said, it's just kind of starting to learn and gain the knowledge and just going back to the basics. Um, but you also mentioned that you worked with another blogger who was very into real food, where she con- committed to feeding her family 100% real unprocessed foods. And she went all out. Like, she did this to the extreme. What did you learn through that? Is it practical? Is it realistic? And what were your takeaways from that? Sure, yeah. Well, you know, she she absolutely had just a profound effect on my definition and outlook in what's actually healthy. And so I, I really attribute a lot of my changes to her and am grateful for the knowledge and like just working with her and all of that that I've learned. Um, that's what I really started delving into, you know, the, like, again, the ingredients and preparing foods and all that. Um But sometime during that, and I got to say, even because I, I actually had known her prior to working with her. And at first I, I heard, you know, that they were like totally hundred percent and all this. And I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. that's, that's a little bit much for me. Like, I don't know that just personally. And, and, you know, then as I got into it, I, I tried and I quickly realized like, that's just not 
realistic for me and I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, so I, you know, I, I respect those that can do a hundred percent all the time, but it just doesn't work for my family. So, you know, I think whether you have, you know, I sit there and say, Oh, is it cause I have a couple more kids than her or, you know, or their family is as large smart family. I don't, I mean, even if you're by yourself, if it's just two of you, you do you, you know, mm-hmm. you got to do what's comfortable for you. And, you know, for me, that means like, I personally am kind of in the 90, 10 category. I'm good with that. My kids are 80, 20 and I'm good with that too. Right. So, you know, it's just, it's not worth getting so stressed and beating yourself up over in my opinion, you know, uh-huh. those, you know, whatever you're doing, if it's, if it's, 80, 20, it's better than maybe what you were doing before, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 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 And, and I think you bring up a good point. Like you've got to do you at some level in order to make this work. And just because it works for someone else doesn't mean it's going to work for your family. And this gets really challenging. And I know that, um, you're working on helping families to like get kids in the kitchen and, and feed them well. How do we as nutritionists, and just people in general have a better understanding that there maybe isn't one system that's going to work for everyone, but it's kind of developing your own system that works for your family. How how do we start to better teach that, do you think? You know, that's a great question. I think maybe just giving those basic foundational levels of education versus people getting caught up on social media or things like that, where it's, you know, you're seeing pictures of this great food and thinking, oh my gosh, mine doesn't look like that. Mine Mm -hmm. needs to look like that. You know, really just kind of giving people the, the basics and letting them run with it and, and trying to do the best that they can in a way that works for them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's great to give meal ideas and this and that, but what works for one might not work for another necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like some people might like preparing freezer meals in advance. And for some people it might mean like just having a rough game plan. And, you know, so again, I think it gets back to what we kind of keep going in on. Like you do you, you got to do what works for you. Right. So what are some of the easiest things that you've found in implementing real food with your children? Like what are some like of the easy practical things that you've done that you've found that have worked really well? Um, In terms of like food themselves or like tips in getting them to... I think any and um, all. Let's stick with just like okay. tips with getting them to like grasp the idea of nourishing sure. their bodies well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, basic things like cooking together, I think is is a great one, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, having them pick out recipes that they might like to work during the week. And with that, getting them involved to some level with the meal planning, like taking them grocery shopping, um, you know, um, having them make a list for going grocery shopping, um, anything with regards to finding those recipes, like show them the different things that we might look through, you know, Mm -hmm. put them on Pinterest, give them some different books and magazines, all that type of thing. Taking them to the farmer's market. That's something that my kids always really enjoy. And Mm -hmm. I think that really, you know, focuses on like where food's coming from and letting them find something that they would like to get and maybe making something out of it, something like that. Um, gardening is always a great one. Um, and I know, you know, you have, you guys have a farm, don't you? Uh huh. Okay. How do you feel like, does that, has that helped your kids at all in their, you know, understanding or education or anything like that about kind of where food comes from? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's all education for them too. You know, like I think 
for for us, it's less about forcing them into what they eat and how much, and it's more teaching them about the what it is and what it's doing to their body. And so it has been cool to, you know, have a garden and you can do this anywhere, but like, just say like, here's food that grows from the earth. Like this is nourishing, wholesome food for our bodies and has so many good things in it. And then kind of talking on the other hand, like there are foods that we eat that don't come from the earth. And there is a difference, you know, like not necessarily putting it all down. I try to do this more in a positive light of like, there are just some foods that are better for our bodies than others. doesn't mean that we have to be perfect in it, but it just means like some things are maybe not going to make you feel the best, but other things will make you feel really good. So yeah, we try to talk about that. And I think just seeing that firsthand is, is really cool experience for them too. And they're just learning so much from it. Right, right. One other thing that I I didn't mention, I don't know if this is quite in line with this, is that I I do hear quite a bit, um, you know, oh, I wish I would have started early. Oh, I should have done that with my kids. And I I truly feel like it's great if you start off and you're making the baby food. And, you know, again, if that's something that you're Mm -hmm. passionate about, you want to do that. But you can always start. I mean, there's there are different benefits to starting at different ages. Like, sure, if they're younger, they might not have a say or they might not give you pushback as much when they're younger, but I think you really can reason with them and help them understand, like you were saying, as they're getting older, like, you know, this is, this is why, you know, this is, this is why these foods can benefit you. I'm kind of going through that with one of my daughters is 13 and she's complaining a lot about, oh, my hair's so thin. And, you know, I don't know why I have acne and this and that. And it just gives, it's, it's a great lead into, all right, well, maybe let's look at, are there any things that might help you in your diet mm-hmm. to, you know, adding this in instead, or, you know, trying to maybe, you know, replace this with that instead and, and having that direct correlation. So I think for anybody who might be listening, who's thinking like, oh gosh, you know, I don't know, my kids might be too old. Like, I, I think they're never too late. It's never too late to try, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to keep talking with them. And I think, too is, and maybe you found this too, our kids aren't going to do anything that we don't do. And so I think it's really important that I think the number one place our children learn about health is through how, how we perceive health and what we do with health and our relationship with health. And I think you've done a great job of that as well is just showcasing what it looks like to live a realistic and healthy life, not just to gain results on the other side, like weight loss, but just to be healthy. And how have you noticed this, like, feed into your children? Like, health just being something you do, not something that you force upon your children. Yeah, yeah. Well, this summer's actually been a, a really neat experience in that regard. I've noticed this summer more than others, and it might be also a sign of them seeing it uh, more often, but they they want to get out and like, hey, do you want to go walk here together? Like, they want to just be active in different mm-hmm. ways, or they're going in the kitchen and they're you know, making stuff. Oh, I'm going to make this. I'm going to make that, which, um, again, back to like, I'm just happy that they're cooking. And a lot of times it's, I'm going to make French toast or I'm going to make, I, I'm really just grateful that they're getting in the kitchen and doing those kind of things on their own. And so while I could maybe, you know, say, Oh, do you want to make some kind of a, this or that, that, you know, you might think would be, you know, a, a more healthful choice or something like that. I'm grateful that they're getting in and that I feel like they're getting um, just the inspiration and and the joy out of getting into the kitchen, which is huge in my opinion. Yeah. So yeah, those are some of the things that I would say 
that I've seen or, or them asking like, Hey, can we go to the farmer's market and, and things like that? Um, mm-hmm. So as you moms, we give ourselves a little pat on the back then like, okay, we're doing something right. 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 Yeah. Cause it's ultimately training them that someday they're going to have to make their own decisions and right. we can either make that confusing and overwhelming and not a fun or safe place to be, or it can be something that they love to experiment and they love to try different foods. And, um, you know, it really opens the door to the possibility of just eating for health rather than eating to feed or whatever we're teaching. Right. Right. Okay. So you talk over on your blog a lot about getting kids in the kitchen. And this is a really important skill and not just skill, but just a a really easy way to get kids to try more foods and to be healthier. What are some of the reasons that you created this course and what have you found in the process of that? Yeah. So um, I mentioned that I have um, four kids. The two older ones did a cooking camp a few years ago. And it was great. Um, they, they have a lot of knowledge from it. They make homemade corn tortillas and, you know, different, all kinds of different stuff from it. I, I really found it to be a great experience. It also was, you know, 30 to 45 minutes away and, you know, fairly expensive. I think it was like $750 for the two of them to do it, which was a big investment, but I was like, okay, I I really value this and I'm going to do it. So last year I went, I was at, um, at a different cooking place in the mall. And I said, okay, I feel, I feel like I should sign up the younger two. They're at the right age now. And the other two did it. And this one was two hours long. You know, it was going to take me half an hour to get there each way. And it just, again, like same kind of price range. And I'm like, this is really, it shouldn't be this difficult. You know, this is, this is such a great skill that I feel like so many kids should have, you know, it just, it didn't make sense economically. And like, based on time, my, me taking them there, I have to sit there I can't really do anything because it's, you know, too far away and all that. So I'm like, there's got to be a better way. What if there was some way for parents or caregivers to do this with their kids in their home on their time? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the the thought process behind it. So um, Camp Kitchen is, it's a five-day cooking class um, and each day has three recipes on it. So, you know, in the beginning, it's a lot of like tips and suggestions on cooking with your kids and just some different basic equipment you want to have on hand, all that good stuff. And then there's five theme days. And so it's got like visuals and, you know, for example, one of the days is salad day. And so you're prepping some homemade croutons, you're making a homemade dressing, which I think those two are just, they're simple, they're fun recipes. And those are two things um, in themselves that are that was a big switch. Like some of those things where you can buy them, there's certainly great convenience options out there, but the homemade ones are super easy and the ingredients are so much better than what you're going to buy at the store. So, um, and then, you know, salad, you're, you're washing and chopping all the vegetables, which again, like just great basic kitchen skills. And then you're also customizing. So it, it helps the kids to make the choices, which I think is important. And then, you know, they're getting the end result, um, which, everybody's been pretty happy with. So the other thing with that, with camp kitchen is you can kind of do it again on your own time. So if you want to do it five days in a row, if you want to do it, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, this week, Tuesday, Thursday, next week, or, you know, do it as an after school activity or however it works for you. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's super customizable and also gets the parents in the kitchen with the kids, which I think there's huge value too. So, Mm -hmm. um, 
that was the whole thought process behind it. It's been really just fun and there's been a, a great response from it. Um, I, I wanted to keep it as affordable as possible so that it can reach everybody because again, kind of what we're talking about, this is such an important lifelong skill that when people, you know, at whatever stage say, I want to eat, I want to eat better. I want to, I want to eat more healthfully, that type of thing. My belief is getting in the kitchen and cooking is the number one best thing that you can do for that. So mm -hmm. I feel like that's setting them up and that's um, really empowering our kids at a younger age to be able to do that as they get older. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So going back to your kids and this idea of raising healthy eaters, what struggles have you had to go through to get them to this place? Oh gosh. Well, you know, when I first made that bigger switch seven years ago, my kids were, you know, younger. So I think it was, you know, seven, four, five, two, and then like super, super little baby. So they were, you know, I, I guess maybe two of them were old enough to really say like, where, where are the, you know, quote unquote, whole grain goldfish or, you know, things like that, that I just stopped buying. So you know, there was that they do. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I don't know if your kids experience this too. They are taking healthier foods to lunch. So some of them, you know, sometimes kids are like, Oh, you know, other peers are like, Oh, that looks great. And sometimes they're like, huh, you know, why my kids are like, Oh, why, why don't I have pop tarts, you know, things right. like that. So, I mean, you know, those, those are just kind of normal things that you go through, I think. Um, and as my older two have gotten, you know, more, independent and they're going out and being with their friends, you know, they're, they're just more opportunities for them to make their own choices. And, you know, my, that 13 year old who I mentioned, she's also my picky eater. And, you know, she maybe makes choices that I personally wouldn't choose or wouldn't choose for her. But, mm -hmm. you know, at some point, uh, they go in and they fly, right? So I mean, we just have to do what we can to I, I kind of say if I'm going to educate and give them the foundation and they're going to ultimately choose to do with it what they choose to do with it. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't, I don't know that there's any perfect scenario. Um, but I think, you know, as it, we're trying our best, you know, and that's all you can do. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that, I think that we have to stop trying to like achieve so much and just look at what we can do. And, and for me, it's teaching them while they're at home and kind of having more control over what's at home and letting them make their own decisions when they're out. And we start right. letting them do that at a really young age. We talk about it, but we never shame food or put it down. And I think that's really important. Like you said, a life skill that they're going to have to learn of just work with them and teach them at home and knowing that they all are going to end up with different taste preferences in some way because... Like if we sat down for the same meal, we'd pro probably order something different, right? Like everyone has right. a little bit different taste profile. So kind of choosing to honor food rather than um, and honor and respect food and our body rather than put so many requirements and regulations, which is one reason I love the idea of getting kids back in the kitchen because it's it's a way that when you talk about food and talk about what it's doing to our body, that they can start to experience firsthand, like how amazing food really is and the process of developing a meal and eating that meal. Um, I think you start to see nourishment in a different way too. Plus it's teaching them mm -hmm. life skills, like you said. So do you have any, like, if, if there's someone out here starting out and maybe they have picky eaters or they don't even know where to start with healthy food, 
or how to get their kids in the kitchen? Like what are one or two places or recipes or meal ideas that you have that could like really get the ball rolling? You know, one thing I, I think is really trying to understand, I think I think kids all have, they're drawn to something, you know, it, it might be like, they might like baking, they might like making breakfast foods. I think that's a super common one, whether it's like, you know, scrambled eggs or some kind of, you know, eggs or pancakes or waffles or things like that. Um, maybe like, you know, making pizza dough. I talked to somebody whose daughter really liked to bread foods, kind of like, you know, chicken nuggets or, you know, homemade zucchini chips or things like that, which I mean, I wish I had a child like that because that's not my favorite thing to do. Um, but, you know, kind of finding where their interest lies and really just feeding that to start with. Because I think the act of getting them involved and getting them in the kitchen just builds their confidence mm-hmm. and gets them interested in trying something else. So, you know, even the simple recipes like energy balls or things like that, where there's not a whole lot of, you know, cooking per se that's involved but it's still fun and it's hands-on or, you know, fruit kebabs and basic things like that are also just good activities, I guess, that are getting them involved in making something, getting them in the kitchen and doing some kind of different um, skills, getting some skills that are involved and, and really maybe, again, just building that confidence and getting them interested in trying different things after that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, just finding a place to start and just getting started. That's really what it boils down to. So as we come to the end of this, I think that a lot of healthy food behaviors and patterns are so much easier to start when they're younger, even though they often put up a bigger food fight when they're younger. But Mm -hmm. you have a 15-year-old, right? Is that what you said? Your oldest is 15? Yep. So what do you think that we can do as parents to help these teenagers to who are really making the majority of their food choices on their own now, how can we come alongside of them and help them make the best choices and really just teach the younger generation about their bodies and the importance of nourishing that? I think taking it from whatever age they are and really trying to work with what might interest them. You know, as I mentioned, my, my, 13 year old. And really, I think that's in the girls situation, especially, you know, they're, they're a lot of times concerned or, you know, conscious of, you know, oh, you know, what's my hair look like? Or, you know, I want to help my skin. And there, mm-hmm. that's such an easy, an easy way to kind of segue into, okay, maybe these are some foods that can kind of help nourish those, those different um, qualities that you're interested in, you know, things like that, maybe just trying to really look to where their interests lie and, you know, connect it to that. Um, even taking, if you've got teens or anything like that, you know, they like to go out to eat. So maybe mm-hmm. taking them to maybe some different, more helpful types of places, talking through like, oh, that's great. You're, you can try these kind of greens and they, they're good for this. Or, you know, any way that you can weave in some kind of education to something that might interest them. So, and then, you know, with maybe the younger ones, again, activities like, like the farmer's market or, you know, gardening, I've had a lot of interest in both of those areas myself. Um, and my kids all actually like going grocery shopping. I know I'm, I'm kind of in the minority with that, but I think that's a huge one in, in involving them in grocery shopping also. And just that whole process and letting them have some say in, in some different foods that you buy and, and all that, um, Mm -hmm. involving them in some of the decisions, whether it's in the foods that you're buying or creating some different ways to get them to have their choices. Like, 
different bars, whether it's, you know, salad bars or like baked potato bars or sweet potato bars or an oatmeal bar and things like that, where they can kind of customize to their liking. And, and, um, I think them having a say in things relating to foods also is helpful. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Like we have to work together with them, not just dominate over them. And food is one of those skills that it's, it's one of the first independent skills that a child learns and that carries with them throughout the rest of their life. And so I think it's one that's important, but obviously not one to obsess over either. I mean, I think that there's a right and wrong way. And I think like you mentioned in all this, it's really just teaching our children and coming along beside them and helping them to learn and grow in this area and really coming up with their own idea of what that looks like for them because we're all so different. So I really want to thank you for being here and sharing all of that. I do have a few quick fire questions before you go though. So a few quick fire questions. One, what's the first thing you do every morning for your health? Well, we got a puppy um, oh. a few months ago. So what kind did you get? And it, oh, he's a multi-poo. So a little a uh-huh. little dog. Yes. Yeah. And so it's been great because it actually gets me the very first thing that I do now is go straight outside. So <laughs> I'm outside a lot of times barefoot. So I'm, you know, getting the whole rooting action, which is supposed to be great. Like, uh-huh. you know, just getting connected to the earth. <laughs> So, um, that's new for me though. And I'm, I'm enjoying it though. Just so getting straight outside in the morning. Um, other than that, I like to do the the warm water with lemon, that Mm -hmm. type of thing. And then, um, after getting the kids up to school, I try to make some time for some type of exercise movement, whatever that might be. So, Yeah. yeah. Awesome. What is your favorite health book? So, Gosh, um, the first thing that came to mind, and it might not be exactly in the same realm, but I'm a huge Brene Brown fan. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you are also. Yeah, um, sure. So yeah, maybe Daring Greatly would mm-hmm. be my, my the first one that came to mind. Yeah, yeah. Such a great book. I love everything by Brene Brown. What is the one food you couldn't live without? Oh gosh, I'm going to name two avocado and I am a huge nut butter fan. And sadly Mm. I have some sensitivities to nuts. So sun butter is my, is now my go-to. Yeah. Do you like the sun butter? How do you feel about it? I do actually, I get, there's, um, I get some unsweetened versions and I, I love them, but I mean, truth be told, I could eat I haven't been able to do peanuts for a number of years, but I mean, back in the day, I loved peanut butter or cashew butter, all of, you name it, pumpkin butter, and and I'm in for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, my kids, because they, you know, around here we can't serve peanut butter for snacks. They went to a lot of camps this summer where they served sun butter, and they mm-hmm. loved it. And I've had it before. I just assumed that they would never like it. I'm just not a huge like nut butter fan. So okay. Um, I mean, I think that there are people who. A lot of people really love it. I'm just like, I don't know what it is about it, but it's like one of the foods I'll eat it for sure with like apples or something, but it's not my go-to usually, but they have talked a lot about, um, the sun butter. And so I need to buy another jar of it and just take another run at it. Try it out. Yeah. Yeah. What brand are you finding that's unsweetened? Um, there are a few different ones. I want to say, um, oh my gosh, what's it called? Once again, something or other like that. It's once again, okay. and I can't, I can see it, but I can't think of it. Trader Joe's has an unsweetened version oh, that's yeah? really good. Yeah. And that's just simple and, and easy to get. It's not organic, but it is, um, it's unsweetened and it's, I, I think it's all of $4 or $4.99. Right. For right, right. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Okay. We'll have to check that out. 
And then what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh my gosh. Well, it's a quote and it's, um, if you always do what you've, you've always done, you always be who you've always been. Mm. And I just love that. And I kind of live by that. I, I like change. I embrace change. And so I feel like we always need to kind of keep striving and that gets back to that whole journey. Right. So just, you know, stay on track and, and kind of see where things lead you and, and it's okay to change things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And last question, what's the best piece of advice you could leave us about raising healthy eaters? Don't give up. Mm. Don't yeah. give up. And it's never too late to start. I mean, I have felt frustrated. I mean, I'd be, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you there were multiple times over the summer, I think to myself, I'm not cooking again. I'm not making anything. You know, <laughs> you kind of fend for yourself. Um, and I'm right back to it because it's, it's just, we just have to keep pushing forward. So, um, I think we, I think we owe it to our kids to at least, you know, just try to give them the best that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no guarantees, but you know, that's, I, that's the best we can do. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Karen, thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom and just encouraging us as parents to just keep going, keep teaching, keep loving on them and keep showing them the way to living nourished lives. I think that's something that our kids definitely need, especially coming out of a generation. I know I grew up with a lot of diets. (laughs) I mean, everywhere we turned, right? There was another one. So just getting back to real wholesome nourished food. So can you tell us where we can learn more about you and what you have to offer? Sure, sure. So my website is easyrealfood.com. Um, you can find out more. You can you can link to my um, Camp Kitchen there, or there's a different site. It's campkitchen.easyrealfood.com. So that's the whole program that I talked about. And then you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at easyrealfood, and I'm on Facebook at realfoodeasy. Awesome. I will make sure and link all of that up in the show notes so you can find it. And yeah, go check out what Karen has to offer. Thank you again so much for being here and sharing your wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I hope that kind of gave you some more momentum and more motivation to get out there and just stay in the game with your kids. It's not going to be perfect. It might involve some food fights, but I hope that you can start to set that all aside and just come back to them and talk them through this, not in a way to override them or create food rules, but in a way just to come alongside of them and understand their food preferences and help them to learn about their bodies and how it feels and how food can affect that and other things. It's most important that we're giving our kids the correct knowledge so that they can go out and make the best choices. Because the reality is, is that we only have food control over our kids for a very short period of time. Eventually, they're out and about, they're at school, they're with their friends, and they have to be the ones to make the best decisions for their body. So it's not to me about overriding their whole system or putting all these regulations, but just teaching them about food and the power that it has in our bodies and how they can make the best choices and still enjoy the food that they eat. Because Who wants to do this if they don't actually like the food that they're eating, right? It's impossible for kids to be there. So take this advice and make sure you head on over and check out all that Kieran offers at easyrealfood.com. Also, don't forget to go back and listen to episode number 177, where I share more of my tips on raising healthy eaters. 
Next on the podcast, I'm going to talk about a subject that is near and dear to my heart, one that I don't have a lot of experience in, but I'm prepping for because I have three little girls that are going to be walking very soon into the world of body image, and I want to help train them well. So I'm going to be sharing some things that I've learned in the past, how I've watched other people do this well, and I just want to have an open dialogue about how we can teach the next generation to overcome this fear of body image and just step into who they really are. So stay tuned for that special bonus episode before we get into the next series, which is the Enneagram series, how your Enneagram number can affect the way you do health and what you need to know about it so that maybe we can make health a little bit easier. Okay, that's it for today. Make sure you check back on Friday for that special bonus episode before we come back the following week with the first episode in the Enneagram series. I will see you back here soon.